boys and girls, Diet Time is here. This is Kill by Kill, Friday the 13th, Part 3D. Greetings and salutations, Internet. This is Patrick Hamilton broadcasting to you once again with the Kill by Kill podcast. That's right, it's the show that is dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. And with me to hold my hand through all the scariness beaming from all the way across the country is the one and only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? Uh, I am good. We finally figured out what was going on with my microphone and why I came across so uh, softly and gently. It was it was a switch. I should have gone from a number two to a number one. And now I, I am I, I am indeed number one in, in, in every possible way now. And so many foam fingers are pointing upwards in your honor as we speak. And we are lucky enough to have ourselves a special guest once again, broadcasting from somewhere in the middle of the country. I'm sure there's some sort of city or town around there. Uh, I don't pay attention to that stuff. It's Phil Gonzalez. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic with broadcasting from, let's just say, the Great Lakes region. Wonderful. So we are in the midst of Friday the 13th Part 3D, and we have uh, happened upon our two habitual users of cliched dialogue, and that is Chuck and Chili, the stoner couple. And I guess the first question I have for everyone in this group about these two particular characters is... Why does anyone in this group know them? (laughs) Thank you. If the plot of this was that they all worked in the same big box store, I would go, oh, yeah, sure. Because that's just a a wash in humanity. But I don't understand how all these people are friends, especially these two with the rest of the group. Yeah, there is a sort of odd that they just picked them up off the highway like the uh like like the hitchhiker in um texas chainsaw massacre and they just kind of got in the van and never left and you know, th- now they're their primary source for for you know whoever has the good weed in the area so they, they can't let them go at that point so once again we are following into the ass grass or gas category and they are supplying the grass i would assume so because i mean just age wise they seem considerably different from the rest of the group and there's hardly any interaction with them like no one seems to address them are they are they already dead (laughs) (laughs) is it possible we got a jacob's ladder via bong situation yeah, I'm looking at um at a uh, Chuck's character page, and and they list him as he's supposed to be 24. Oh no no no! Uh, I that is unlikely. They're, that is it, the oldest 24 year old I've yeah, ever seen. No, yeah, and Chili is supposed to be 23, and they basically look like your parents, you know, dressed dressed as hippies for the neighborhood Halloween party. <laughs> Let's let's talk about Chuck first, since he's the man. No, because he dies first. That's why. So my first question about him is, what is up with that headband? <laughs> what is the goal of it? Well, it's the universal symbol for you know, middle-aged potheads. I mean, Tommy Chong had one. Yep, my father had one. My father's <laughs> friends had one. It was just a way to recognize your people in, in a crowd because you couldn't be walking around carrying issues of high times or anything like that. So It's a costume shortcut is what you're telling me? You had the headband. I mean, I didn't know if there was any sort of complicated color code or anything <laughs> like that, but that was, that was a familiar uh, accoutrement 
of 70s and early 80s era pot smokers. Can I can I supply a little a little behind the scenes info? Of course. Okay, so uh, according to uh, David Katims, Katims, I don't know how you say his name, who played Chuck, Chuck and Chili were deliberately, literally supposed to be Cheech and Chong. He was, they they were up to them uh, rehearsing with the accents. Like they oh, were supposed God. to originally play them exactly. He was Chong, she was Cheech. And they wanted to just have these two characters. And it was only once the camera started rolling that the director was like, uh, pull it back, pull it back. Thank so you ended up, God. You, well, you ended up with these characters, though, that were written to be just goofy cartoon characters. But then once you remove the cartoon character aspect of them, they literally had no reason to exist. Like, they were supposed to be comic relief, and then they just became nothing. They, they sort of exist in this side movie that consistently yeah. happens because they're not required for the plot at least the other characters bounce off of one another Andy mm -hmm. has a relationship with Shelley Chris has a relationship with Vera and it seems like oh they're all friends in the same movie yeah they sort of they, they very much have the same sort of uh, trajectory as the Hockets at the beginning of the movie where they don't really fit in with the rest of the plot and and seemed like the movie was going to go in a different direction and then they just gave it up about halfway through filming well, I was going to say that I hadn't, I've seen this movie many times, but I hadn't watched it in a while until I rewatched it for this. And I had actually gotten them not mixed up with the Hockets, but I had just, in my mind, they were all the same couple. <laughs> like I hadn't, re I was like, oh, wait, no, wait, those are two sets of, two different sets of people. Like that's because they were so inconsequential to what happened on screen. And they were both like this pretty much pointless attempt at comic relief yeah. for a, a movie that doesn't really warrant it. Um, and don't we see both the, the guys sitting on the toilet? Yes. Like, yes, we the, do, Phil. We get this toilets is... and toilet sounds. This is the first film that I can remember where I am treated to not just one character taking a shit, but two, because the first round wasn't visceral enough. Yeah. Now I got to see it from this guy's perspective, but he's in an outhouse. Whereas the previous character was a store owner taking a shit in the same place that he keeps his Coke supply. Yeah. The cola. This is a storage place for his food that he sells. <laughs> he also has a toilet there. He also doesn't wash his hands. And he puts his hands in the food. I don't understand the point of seeing yet another person taking a shit in the movie. And it's a 3D movie. There's <laughs> nothing that really says this has to leap off the screen. Quite like a guy cop in a squat. And then to go, well, we didn't quite get all the richness of that experience the first go around. Let's do it again. Like pick one. Pick one character to take a shit and aim the character in that direction if it's so fucking important. Well, I think it's an easy, again, it's an easy way to get a laugh. You you need something funny. You have a scene where somebody's taking a dump because there are some people that find that hilarious. I don't know that it needs to be done twice, as you say, but, uh, you know, once is the, the spectacle the audience deserves. Twice it's like, well, we need to fill in another 45 seconds here, so let's have another poop scene. Maybe there was a third moment that got cut, but that if they had included it, would have just made the whole thing make sense. Because comedy <laughs> comes in threes, so. Or it's the payoff for the incredible toilet reveal from part two, 
where Jason's toilet gets its own musical sting upon <laughs> its reveal to the audience. I just want to go back briefly and reinforce the spectacle the audience deserves from Gina Radcliffe. <laughs> that's, that's delightful. Uh, yeah, because I read one particular article this week where someone online was saying, you know, the reason people talk about Friday the 13th Part 3D is because... The two characters who go to the bathroom in it don't, you know, wipe or wash their hands. I'm like, well, let's get back to the same movie where I watch two people take a shit and neither occurrence has anything to do that furthers the plot. It doesn't make them more vulnerable. And it's not like we're dealing with the the, uh, the shit weasels from Stephen King's (laughs) Dreamcatcher. I mean, not not yet. (laughs) Yeah, not until Jason goes to hell. Then we get a serious shit weasel situation. You really sure. kind of do. So let's let's extricate ourselves from this uh, bat, literal bathroom talk and go to Chuck's next problem, which is he can't cook popcorn for shit. <laughs> have you ever have you ever tried to make popcorn in a pot though, like the, the old fashioned way? Exactly. <laughs> he takes the fucking lid off and starts catching it in his mouth. What, what you're just gonna burn the fucking popcorn that's coming out of that it's just uh what is chuck good for man seriously i'm t- i'm telling you his primary purpose is knowing where the weed guys are <laughs> he, you know, he is the weed guy <laughs> yeah, but he like he's literally get, made you know, of his, weed his supply from somewhere else like if you took a, a buy sell count and you just broke him down to the dna <laughs> A good portion of it would just be weed because he is hitting constantly. Do you think that if they do uh, a full reboot and we get to a part three, that that the new Chuck's just going to be it's going to be vaping instead? Let's to what end? <laughs> just just sitting there making smoke rings and just you know he'll he'll be like if they make especially if they make it in three D again. Just imagine like vaping smoke rings just coming right out of the screen at you. It'll be there awesome, gonna be so man. many going to be so many sick vaping tricks, man. It's gonna be dope. <laughs> I hope they have Jason blow some of that sweet, 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 sweet smoke. Make just give him one layer. Just give him that one layer. Like he's just Jason, but this time he vapes. Or maybe someone gets stabbed with a vaping pen, and then and out of the back off? of their head, yeah, comes like that monster puff they've been trying the whole movie. Oh. And then they end up looking like like an old timey railroad car with like the uh, <laughs> smokestack coming out of the top of their head. Well, I feel like they're going to avoid the whole pot after the big reboot that was all about teens going after marijuana. I feel like the the series should just stay clear of potheads for a while. Like no good comes from that that road. It's possible, but you know, the other issue with vaping is that I don't think it looks as cool as smoking for a great many reasons. One of them is it looks like you're giving a blowjob to a tiny lightsaber, or a sonic, or a sonic screwdriver, depending on what your uh, geek outlet of choice is. So the thing that I discovered when I rewatched it just the other day is that. When the electricity begins to fail, he's sent down to look at the fuse box, which you can only access through a different door. And that's when you notice that Chuck is not wearing any fucking shoes. Yeah, that's bothersome. Well, why does he need? Why do you need to wear shoes, man? Why are you pressing your your societal restrictions on him? Maybe he's getting the he's pulling up the energy from the earth. 
and it's making him a better, rounder, more worldly person than you'll ever be, man. I th- I just think he's a burnout. I, I bet you he has a l- very long, drawn-out explanation as to why he doesn't wear shoes. He doesn't have shoes because he ran out of paperback books to strap to his feet. <laughs> like, that's pretty much probably the reason, is... <laughs> No, my I had shoes, but the pages all tore out, and they're not worth wearing anymore. It's probably the worst way to check out the electricity in a leaky basement, just on a practical basis. Yeah. it's You don't want to go into this situation without maybe some rubber strapped to your soles when your job is to check the electricity in that basement, which you can see quite plainly is full of fucking water. Yeah. Yeah, he might as well just be checking the fuse box by leaning and taking a big old lick of it at this point, I mean. (laughs) Now, correct me if I'm wrong, is Chuck's death, spoilers, he dies, is Chuck's death the only death so far that's actually like an accident on Jason's part? I feel like Jason pulls a real Steven Seagal move. I guess. (laughs) I'm assuming he just... He's just uh, attempting to send, try to throw him against the wall hard enough that he like breaks his neck or snaps his spine or whatever, and just just so happens he lands in the fuse box, which looks fucking awesome, and that's why he does it again. And Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> it's like, ooh, fuse box. Remember that? Ah, we have fun. But I feel like Jason was probably just like, whoa, 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 oh, oh, I didn't mean. Well, I mean, I had other things I was gonna do, but well, I kind of kind of wasted that one. I wonder if there's any fireplace pokers I can use. <laughs> yeah, I, this isn't nearly stabby enough for me. I, I need something that's more penetrative for me personally. N- not me personally, Patrick Hamilton. I mean, character is, as Jason Voorhees, my famous character. It's like, he was, Voorhees. it's like he was in the room. <laughs> yeah, I don't think his speaking voice or his thought patterns would be that clear, but... Well, in my, in my head, I sound very deep voiced and sonorous and then when i hear myself when i edit this podcast i realize i sound like christian slater who may have gotten a little drunk this morning before he came to set no comment so yeah chuck completely fries the fuck out because he slips and falls i'm not really sure how i think he just kind of he just kind of Falls into the fuse box and looks like he kind of accidentally sticks his hand into it. I, I don't yeah, know. He puts his hand I, 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 I don't know that. Uh, yeah, I guess to hold him, stop himself from falling. And yeah, it's it's probably the least gruesome death. I mean, it doesn't even actually stay on screen that long. No, it's it's really quick and kind of perfunctory. Yeah, it's not exactly uh, the most visually stimulating, considering that this is again a 3D movie. Uh, Maybe this sparks look really good flying out, and they were aiming for that. But from the 3D version I saw, it all looks like a muddled mess, and I can't imagine it was any cooler in the theater. So that's Chuck, ladies and gentlemen. R.I.P.D. Chuck. Way to go. <laughs> he you, hardly knew he. We hardly knew any of these people. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get to the bottom of. What the fuck can we possibly learn from them? Enjoying a giant joint in heaven as we speak. (laughs) Sure. He's in some sweet panel van up there. Just ripping bong rips. Big old flag of Bob Marley hanging behind him. He's wearing so much fucking hemp right now. (laughs) So much hemp. 
Uh, all right, so let's move on to his partner in literal crime, uh, because what they're doing is illegal, yes. and that's Chili. And let's get right to it. Chili participates in what has to be the least exciting use of 3D, since a stagnant skeleton arm leapt out at the camera in Jaws 3D, and that is passing a joint in yes. the third dimension. <laughs> Probably took hours to set up that shot, too. <laughs> I, I don't doubt you. Like, it must have been hell to hit that mark. And what you're left with is, stop sticking shit in my face, movie. No, when you're a teenager in 1980, what, three? 80, when did this come out? 82. 82? 82. Someone sticking 82. a joint in your face is probably the greatest thing in the world. It's like, yes, please. That's half the reason I came to the theater is so afterwards I can go into the alley and have someone stick a joint in my face. Yeah, I can definitely picture like some, you know, 14-year-old idiot in the, in the theater, like, you know, you know, standing up and gesturing that the, the joint's going into his mouth or, yeah, you know, kind of like, like you know, the same kind of people that when the uh, when the screen goes, you know, when they have the blank screen, they put the rabbit ears up or they make the little, you know, hand animals, that kind of thing. They're the best. <laughs> they're the greatest thing our society has ever produced that's why we invented movies <laughs> they're, uh, enjoy, they're enjoying it for the full experience it was meant to be they're rounding out the cinematic experience if you don't have that if you don't have an inappropriate baby uh crying in the middle of an evening performance of an r-rated movie why did you go inappropriate baby if you don't have someone pointing a laser pointer at someone's face during a concert why did i walk out the door that night or or someone idly checking facebook while the last during the last 10 minutes of it follows i'm not saying that happened to the that happened in the theater that i was seeing it in but you know it does happen on occasion and of all the of all the 10 minute sequences to happen it follows really falls off in that last 10 minutes barely anything happens well, you know, he wanted to make sure the audience just knew how how bored and above he was, this kind of thing. Anyway, Chili. Ch- Chili suffers, unfortunately, from some of the worst costuming that happens yeah. in this. I-, I think we discussed it a little bit last time. Vera is condemned to hot pink from head to toe, mm-hmm. and Chili gets it in baby blue. Yeah, Chili's got Chili's got a little bit of an Annie Wilkes thing going on with the the the. <laughs> extra baggy sweatshirt and just the the shapeless sexless kind of clothing and i mean i mean we all like to be comfy i'm sure that that you know heavy pot smokers really like to be comfy but this is just not flattering to to anyone involved which is which is an interesting change of pace from part two which involved a character wearing a sweater that was cut off to just barely below her breasts. Yeah, this makes part two's costuming look Oscar-worthy. Yeah, now, now, yeah, now everybody is covered in fabric from, from, from head to toe. We went from painted-on jeans, where I get to see every centimeter of someone's penis, to now everyone wearing a unicolored tarp. At all times, <laughs> for no particular reason. I mean, Chuck has two different shirts, but all, the only thing that changes is one's yellow and one's green. They're both the same fucking pattern. It's horrible. Whoever did the costuming for this should win an award, and that award should be a free trip out of the movie industry. That was a. That was a. Patrick Hamilton Byrne TM. I'm wondering if they had to bring their own clothes. Bring it your seems... bring your frumpiest, unsexiest shit. 
All right, can do. Hey, they had to separate it from the other characters. Do you have anything that tents out? That sort of makes you look uh, maybe not like a man and not like a woman, just uh, a glorified clothes hanger. Oh, and by the way, we're going to name you Chili, which is a bowl of brown. It's a, a bowl full of lumpy brown. Yeah, we could, we could assume that this kind of chili would be, you know, the kind with made with turkey and, and, and no beans and very little spice. It's basically Sloppy Joe mix. She's the, she is the movie's Sloppy Joe. It's Manwich Night. It's Chili Night. Here's a joint in your face. Here's a poker in your belly. Here she is. And there's our hashtag. It's Manwich Night. Like all... A bad meat mixtures. Uh, she's oversalted. Uh, as bad as Chuck is at making popcorn, she's just as bad at salting it. And then the other question before we get to her death is, is she wearing an inhaler around her neck, a pipe, or just a tiny ceramic oh, yeah. ski boot? I think it's a boot. Why? It's a blue boot. Why? Why? It has her, it has her father's ashes in it. <laughs> Why else would you wear a boot around your neck? That's a very good question. If it does not have your father's ashes in it, I don't know the answer to that question. No, I had a friend. There was a guy I knew in high school who always wore a little pouch around his neck. I knew him for a couple of years, and at graduation, like it was the end of the, it was it was senior year, and the end of it, we're like, hey, he would always ask him like, what's in your pouch? What's in your pouch? And he'd always say, my magic spells. And we'd be like, ha, ha, ha. And finally, at the end of the at the end of school, we were like, so, dude, what's really in your pouch? And he was like, drugs. <laughs> it's my oh, drugs. Of course. And we we're like, oh, that makes sense, I guess. Like, you just sort of wore them around your neck, and no one ever found your drugs. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't, wasn't going to put them in my locker. She probably bought that little pipe in the back of, like, Rolling Stone or something like that. Yeah, I assume that anything hanging off of her body is drug-related, including Chug. <laughs> Point taken. And, and you know, and you know who else takes a point? Chili. Ah. Oh, she does. Ah. She does. And we're getting to that. We are getting to that. I promise. But there's one other element to Chili's character that we need to discuss because in previous episodes we've had several characters who, when confronted by the end of their own mortality, have crumbled. Just saw it coming, and we're like, okay. I guess this is what's happening now. I get a hatchet to the face. But Chili takes this idea to the next level because she sees several dead bodies in a row mm-hmm. and then calmly walks around that house, including the circular iron stairway that Gina did not remember exists in this movie, both up and down, like she's just walking through a museum. It's very calm, her panic. It was good weed. Well, dude, she's totally fucking baked. Or she got no direction. (laughs) Probably more likely. Yes. I I think that's it. I I don't know that she was told what level between one and ten of panic to hit. So she consistently marks out a four and just goes with it. Also, I bet she couldn't move too fast in front of that camera. I bet the 3D camera was probably like, don't run. If you run, we can't follow you because the camera's set up to this rig. So slow it down. Maybe she's a little like more pensive about finding all these mutilated corpses. That makes it even worse. <laughs> that technically she couldn't run or act. It's, it's just a very odd choice for a horror movie that when someone panics, 
that they, you know, saunter like they're in water aerobics and they're 83. It just doesn't make a whole shit ton of sense. And then she ends up in front of the fireplace where she's confronted with the horrible visage of Jason Voorhees. And he takes a poker straight out of the fire, the poker that everyone else in the house has touched, and rams it straight through her middle. And that that's pretty much it. She just kind of fades off into nothingness after that. Yeah. He, you know, he carries her away in the romantic uh, wedding wedding night carry, and then, that, then that's the last of her. <laughs> that's right. I had forgotten about the tender carry. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is my mess. I'll clean it up. You can. Yes, do. Or should I say Dr. Rachel Howard? Doctor. Clinical psychiatrist Rachel Howard, who specializes in marriage counseling and treatment of trauma victims. Oh, also, her professional website doesn't mention Friday the 13th. According to some people, she doesn't consider this movie a proud moment in her past. Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> true. I think she wandered away from Hollywood after after this movie and ended up in a much better place in her life. Well, now I'm curious, because I actually forgot to mention this in the episode about Shelley, but um, the actor who plays Shelley ended up becoming an entertainment lawyer, and Mm -hmm. um, with a horror movie connection, he uh, represented George Lutz in one of his numerous lawsuits against other people who were trying to capitalize on his... uh, his money train, the Amityville Horror. Yeah. So I thought that was an, an odd sort of connection there. And he loves uh, his Friday the 13th connection. Oh, yeah, because he's the only character anybody remembers. Remembers, yeah. I think if you stand out in this field, especially considering that there have been so many movies at this point, if you stand out that big, it's either something you embrace or you're running for for your life for the rest of your life. Whereas Chili, I think, is safe to assume that most people will not recognize her. Tracy yeah. Savage has done so many other things on camera that this is an odd footnote in her career, right. as opposed to you are the person from Friday the Thirteenth Part Three D, which Shelley is for many complex reasons. So, well, let's 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 wrap this up real fast then with. Uh, would you rather? Uh, would you rather, Phil, die from having a poker shoved through your middle or touching an electric panel uh, barefoot in a wet room? That's so hard, but I'm going to say I'm going to die like Chuck because I feel like he owned his death. Jason threw him. It wasn't hard enough to kill a man. And he was like, smack that hand on the wall. I'm going to go up in a ball of flame. You didn't do this to me, Jason. I did this to me because I'm not wearing shoes. You don't get this kill. This is my kill. I'm Chuck. I killed myself because I didn't wear shoes. I agree with Phil 100% here. I am going Chuck all the way. You know, it's sparkly. It's exciting. Uh, If you're in the room, on the screen, it looks like shit. But in real (laughs) life, I think that would be exciting. Uh, Gino, how about you? Well, I feel like I have the unique perspective of I actually have been electrocuted. <laughs> oh no. We don't we don't have enough time to to get into this story right now, but uh 
it, it doesn't feel good, but but I would say that if enough of it goes through you, you probably go out pretty quickly. And as established before, I am a huge coward. I don't like pain, so the, the, the faster demise is usually the preferred demise for me. So yeah, I, I'm going to have to take the, ch- the Chuck way out. Okay. Yay, three Chucks! Well, that settles it. Chuck Triple all the chucks. way. Triple Chuck. Electrocution is the way to die. Phil, <laughs> where can people find you on the internets if they want to hear more? If you want to hear more, Phil, you can tune in to my podcast, Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast at berenstainbearcast.wordpress.com. Wonderful. Everyone should check that out. Gina, how about you? Uh, I write about 70s and 80s television at tuneintonight.wordpress.com. Excellent. And uh, you really can reach out to us a couple different ways. That's on Twitter at KillByKillPod or our Gmail, KillByKillPod at gmail.com. Please talk to us. Let us know what you think about these characters, about Friday the 13th Part 3D, about electrical safety. How can you get involved? And that settles it for tonight. This has been the Kill by Kill Pod. Night, night, everybody. Bye. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.